everybody, and welcome back to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing. Very often, those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show. In this case, we're having the return of Mike Correo, as well as two new people, Danica Stegman-Lemay and William Watson, to talk about Mike's new press called Cloak, as well as Danica's and William's pieces published through that press. Danica Stegman LeMay's work has appeared in 32 Poems, Afternoon Visitor, Blue Arrangements, Cloak, Concision, Forklift, O, Leavings, and Word for Word, among other places, and is forthcoming in Apartment. Her video poem, Then Beetlejuice Reappears, was an official selection in the 2021 Midwest Video Poetry Festival. Danica's debut collection of poems, Pilot, is available from Spork Press. Her website is Danica Stegman lemay.com William Watson has self-published two titles, Hell and Paradise, as well as the text Police Lucifer for Cloak. His work can be found at snatchwilden.wordpress.com. Those links will be in the show notes. If you want to help out this show, you can do so on patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. You can do it on paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe with either a recurring or a one-time, respectively, or you can buy my book called Tired. Now, without further ado, let's get into my talk with Mike, Danica, and William. I think a good place to begin is probably with Mike so that we can um, uncover the seed of Cloak. And and uh, where'd you get the idea? Um, I know that you've been you know, any anybody who's familiar with the show should know that you're you've been working with this sort of object oriented writing for a while. So it's not surprising that you would come up with something like Cloak, but when did the idea start and how have you developed it thus far? Um, it was funny because I think maybe two years ago, um I I mean for the last probably two and a half years I've been working pretty consistently with eleven eleven press. Um, as a designer and as an editor. And I think it was about like a year or two ago, probably two years ago now, that Andrew was like, oh yeah, you'll probably start your own thing eventually. Um, and I was like, oh, that I would never, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like that sounds like the worst experience because I feel like every everybody who I know who runs presses is like always stressed and incredibly busy. Um, but then I, uh, being the idiot that i am um about a year ago was like oh yeah i think uh i think i'm gonna start my own thing and so it felt natural to do kind of that maybe design oriented is a good way to put it mm. uh kind of focus with the press um i like what john does with inside the castle where uh it's kind of like the press isn't just kind of working in this curatorial and maybe like uh business oriented capacity of kind of like choosing books and then facilitating kind of their publication distribution. I like the idea of it being like the publisher as the designer. Um, it makes it feel more kind of directly collaborative to me, although obviously there's that collaborative element for all presses. And so that way I get to kind of directly work on each book in a very um, kind of hands-on capacity. Um, which goes for with cloak, it's kind of equally digital and print. And so, um, with the digital projects, I'm able to kind of facilitate and design kind of whatever 
weird form that might take, which so far for Lorgan Barry was uh, a bitsy game. So this like one bit mm-hmm. uh, kind of walking sim where Logan Barry provided the text then for Danica through a twine project, which was uh, her kind of base poem of Relentless worked in with this kind of mad lib element, making it this seemingly infinitely kind of producing poem. Um, and so I think the main focus of kind of publisher's designer has been the driving force for Cloak. And then just these ideas of concealment and visibility came up kind of naturally as things I was interested in, wanted to focus on. Yeah. Um, by being friends with you on Goodreads, I, I noticed that over the past couple of years, you've been reading a lot of stuff on like architecture and and things like that and lots lots of that sort of like not straight political theory stuff from verso but you know yeah still political i like that as a like you can back right trace using goodreads and mm-hmm. that's it's funny because on my desk right now is investigative aesthetics um hero Steril, who's like did in defense of the poor image and then paul virilio so it's like it's exactly what you've caught me on goodreads uh, going through <laughs> right yeah, I had that same chat with somebody else on the show where I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised you wrote this book because for the past year you've reading, been writing books about or reading books about serial killers. Um, so, <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, I, I traced the lineage there. So everybody needs to just get on Goodreads more, I think. Um, I feel like that's the surveillance bit. It's like I, I can't hide what I've been doing, even though I'm the one that's like documenting it. Right. I'm like, how dare you trace this thing that I've been publicly tracking? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um so let's start with let's let's start with uh with relentless i think relentless is a is a fun project so where did that start danica um thank you mm-hmm. uh so that started off as um a poem that was about a page and a half long um from a project i'm working on right now called ablation um that the poem itself, like the um, finite or analog version of the poem that's not online is now about eight pages long. Um, When I uh, brought the idea to Mike, I ended up writing a lot more lines. Um, uh, Mike and I met last October um, at an 11.11 press event um, at the Twin Cities Book Festival. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get together maybe once a month um, for, we live in the same city in Minneapolis, um, just to talk about books and ideas. Um, And he had told me about Cloak. um, And so I started thinking about a project that we might be able to work on together. Um, And so I was just thinking about what might be a good fit um, and also something um, that would use some of Mike's strengths, like he's talking about um, with design. Um, And also I knew that he had an understanding of um, like coding um, more so than I do. Um, And so I had this poem that was about a page and a half long that each line ended with relentless. Um, And it wasn't quite doing what I wanted it to. Um, And I just started thinking about how I could make uh, the form of the poem more like um, what the content was. Like I um, wanted it to be this relentless object that didn't stop, that um, 
insisted on persisting um, and surviving and was like infinite. Um, and so I had this idea that maybe um, it could be code assisted where it would sort of endlessly iterate if I wrote more lines and then sentences could have words plugged into them. And I described this to Mike um, at a dinner that we had. Um, and he said, oh yeah, absolutely. I can do that. And told me about a project and Mike, I'm not going to remember what the project is called that he had worked on that was similar. Um, and so we kind of went from there and I wrote way more lines um, and also wrote the sort of Mad Libs lines that Mike has referred to, um, where basically I made sentences that had missing parts of language in them. Um, like it would be a full sentence, but without a verb. Um, mm -hmm. And then I wrote um, about over 80 pages worth of words in a word bank to be plugged into those Mad Libs statements and sent that all to Mike and he plugged it in and did all of the design. Very nice. Yeah, that's that... Uh... I forget the name of it too. You showed it to me one time when we were talking, Mike. The the thing you did through eleven eleven that's like kind of buried in their in their Amazon or something. Oh yeah, it's a uh, generative strato is the name. That's the name. I there's a couple like Twide projects. That one was a lot uglier on the back end than this is. Mm -hmm. I've I've learned some lessons since then. Um, but it's kind of similar to the code that for Mancer that's coming out soon. Although that one's even sloppier than this. Hmm. But it's effectively uh, like two pages in Twine, um, like one with kind of all the like pre-made lines that Danica had done, and then one just kind of for the fill in the blank. But it's it's really funny to look at because it's essentially just Mad Libs, and then you go down and it's just this massive set of word banks. Um, I remember for uh, Danica had. Uh, sent me like an initial kind of set and then was like oh I came up with some more words and it was like a 40 page list of uh, like different like nouns and adjectives um, so the the back end is has like it's not very glamorous because it's just copy and pasting all of these words just into a, a big old word bank but the fun part of that one was the the fonts and the colors are randomized. Uh, but the way it works, kind of playing off that idea of uh, surveillance, is that it checks your computer for all the fonts that it could use that are in the kind of list of options. Oh. Uh, and so there's, I think, like 30 or 40 fonts that you could potentially have it feed through. But for example, if you don't have like Microsoft Word, then all of those options won't be there. And so there's a way that very simplistically I was able to have it like look at kind of what on that list you had. So it kind of pulls from what's available. Uh, and so there's some that like only show up on my computer, I'm sure. Uh, but it was a very fun little kind of like Easter egg. So like if you play it on your phone, I think it'll probably just be in like Arial. Because hmm. uh, obviously people don't have like the Microsoft suite on their phone. But just as this like little Easter egg that like joker man and all these ugly fonts will start showing up right. if you have the right programs yeah i've only played it on my phone and i had seen the screenshots with all these different with different fonts and i was like why am i not getting all these fun fonts but <laughs> yeah because I, I just i'm on a mac and i think it's only windows compatible correct yeah there's it's yeah. well i think it's so the base game is like browser so you should be able to play in anything but a lot of those fonts uh, might not show up on a mac 
Right. Um, but yeah, playing it on my phone, I was like, I want the fonts. I want all these crazy fonts. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the way you have to do it if you uh, want the font, you have to like put them in a kind of like directory and have it pull from that, which for Twine I, is kind of like funky because Twine's own, it's like code but not code. It's this weird in between. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't fully figured out how to how to do like actual stuff like JavaScript wise in there or anything like that. Um, it's like HTML, CSS adjacent. Uh, in a way I don't fully understand. That's fascinating. I'd have to... I wonder if my wife could help me with that. She does web design stuff. Huh. Oh, yeah, she's way more well... Danica said that I had some code literacy, but it's <laughs> it's a shoddy amount. It's kind of like I say that I can do the thing before I know I can. Yeah, yeah. And then figure it out from there. <laughs> all of the world's... We made it work. Yeah, all of the world's yeah. knowledge is, is available on the internet if you can find it. Oh yeah, Code Academy has done me so many favors. Uh, so let's move on. Just while we're sort of in this introductory phase of the episode, let's let's talk about uh, Police Lucifer. I like the uh, the tweet that Cloak put out about it. Rogue transmissions ricocheting through the soft gray matter of your brain, and the the screenshots of the the book look uh, just wild. Oh, it's a fun one. I can, I'll let William describe it, but it's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> well, first off, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of wild. Like with, as far as like my introduction to cloak, I've, um, in a weird way, I'm still kind of like new to the whole, like this kind of, um, world of, I, I hate, it's not experimental literature, whatever, you know, anybody wants to call it, whatever. Um, it's only I've only really sort of been dabbling in the world for like I don't know a couple of years, but um, but I had been aware of Mike's work and I just kept seeing his work popping up and I was like, this is you know, design wise, this is all really awesome stuff. And so when I saw that Cloak was starting, I I I had this piece that I've been working on, and so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna send it, I'm gonna send it and see what what, what happens. And I really didn't expect to hear anything. And I was very excited when 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 Mike uh, w was interested in working on it. And then through that, I also was like, "Cool, this is kind of like I get to work with Mike, whose work I really appreciated." And with like he said, with the, with the concept of like surveillance, um, you know, which can mean a thousand million things. To me, the text itself already had this kind of quality of surveillance because it's very. Um, I mean, obviously, I feel like that we're in a place right now where we feel a lot of our lives have sort of become online, you know, because of, you know, the pandemic and everything. And I feel like we're always kind of under some form of surveillance, which that doesn't have anything to do with the text, but it, it does kind of inform that. It, I think I was writing from a perspective of surveillance and the, the text itself, it, it kind of all started with uh, me thinking about Edmund Kemper the serial killer. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I had a big fascination with serial killers in my, uh, my younger years when I was in my twenties. I mean, I've probably seen every interview that's on YouTube and, uh, Kemper was somebody that I really felt like I had a fascination for. And in no way am I saying he's he's like some, you know, cool figure to like, you know, look at, but there's something about his figure, his form that has almost this kind of otherworldliness to it. 
And I think that just that specific thought is what really kind of set the tone for the book. I think the first line that I wrote, which it may have just been like a leftover line for something else I was working on, was something about Kemper's throat or Kemper's esophagus becomes a hallway or becomes a doorway. I, I can't remember. And it, that was it was sort of this weird thing about form and, and reality sort of bending and because of surveillance we're you know we're always looking at these as 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 people as they're as these kind of vessels of of information and uh yeah that's that's kind of how this whole thing started was was edmund kemper sort of became this weird uh form to me of of uh psychology and sociology and, and just this total eeriness so yeah that's kind of how it started he is an interesting figure. I, I've really only ever engaged with with that with him through through the Mindhunter TV show. Um, right, but right. I, I do remember seeing an article after the first season of that show was really taking off. That like, if you've heard an audiobook, it's a very good yeah. chance that he's read it yes. because he's just got such a he's got such pipes on him and um, absolutely nothing but time on his hands. Um, yeah, I remember hearing that as well, and I thought that was so crazy, and it made me want to seek out those. I think I want to say maybe I read that it was like all of the like LibriVox or whatever. Like he was on that. There was a ton of those. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but yeah, uh, very interesting, weird character. And the Mindhunter thing, yeah, everybody really praised that, and I saw a little bit of it, and I thought the guy did a really good job. But seeing those initial videos of him and everything kind of being put through this YouTube filter. Of everything was sort of this blue, washed out look, but he had this very intelligent man with his, you know, his like, uh, you know, uh, prison issue glasses, which I think were the glasses he wore anyway. But it was just, it had such this otherworldly eeriness to it beyond just the things he was saying. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something to the fact that it's a, a very smart sounding person who also likes to kill somebody is just very discordant in, exactly. our, in our mind. Yes. Yes. I think that in and of itself was a huge, like influence on the work itself was it's, you know, that's the thing about like, it, and I don't want to get into some big conversation about serial killers, mm -hmm. but it is an interesting thing when you, you know, when you put so much focus on this particular sort of sect of, of, of society, but you know, temper was like he, he was very intelligent and that to me it, it's what really drew like it really drove this uh uh this 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 quality to it that was uh, uh it, it's it's so it's so weird i i don't know um he he just a, he was such a strange character and i could imagine an entire sort of society and ecosystem that was built on this sort of slanted personality slanted perspective of this weird creature you know mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely um and then the other the other cloak piece well there's two the the self-titled release um and then the the demonology zine um so so far mike how do you see all of this like fitting together you know all of these releases so far I think that, I mean, through that kind of, as William said, like, although concealment, visibility, surveillance, they're all very, like, broad concepts, but I think that they all kind of latch onto that. Um, and I think that combination of, 
like some connection to that concept and the like highly kind of design oriented um look of a lot of the work because uh, i don't know if you've seen the physical copies of those two or of um williams but they're all very kind of every page is unique to some extent with them mm -hmm. uh there's uh very much like that close attention to detail and adding this like kind of visuality uh to the elements like with the self-titled release it's kind of a a weird kind of theory text mapping out kind of the the goal of the press looking at the cloak as i like the cloak as um related to those topics because it's uh something that you can kind of see action occurring behind it but you can't kind of see the specificity of what that action is so it's concealment in this almost taunting manner um like you see the hand rustling but you don't see what it's really doing mm -hmm. um and that's a lot of what that first title explores and that's that one's in color and so a lot of the inside is these kind of like very bright cmyk designs um and then with uh exchange of demonology senya's book it's exploring that kind of it's almost a, a kind of like radical visibility excuse me uh and so those zines are are dealing with kind of these different modes of engaging with demonology uh with the first one that she sent me um is the second issue uh, of the three which is about uh, demonology as a tool towards unionization mm -hmm. and i liked the idea of this kind of occultism informing um leftist action but so all of those are uh with that one in particular it's very fun because uh there's kind of this black gradient that comes from the the inner margin yeah and so in the digital versions it almost kind of looks like it's been xeroxed in but then in the print version it's like this weird kind of like void pulling you towards the gutter and so i really liked the the kind of double purpose that served but i would say it's that that combination of of kind of a shared although very broad theme with that highly visual element is kind of what i see holding them together but i want to make sure that there's a, a very kind of deliberate variety of uh kind of topics and uh modes like in july or august the next print project is a tabletop role-playing game booklet mm. uh, for a it's originally based on like a, a text-based game that i had made a long time ago called bodies like meat expanded into this like full kind of fleshed out world and rule set um kind of dealing with a more spatialized idea of concealment um maybe more kind of grounded and direct but so I like the idea of all of these kind of different, very visual, but uh, unique works kind of coming together. Yeah, there, there's a sort of neo-Renaissance sort of thing that I'm seeing happening in various places around this sort of world where we're, I don't think anybody's like trying to develop a unified theory of, of art and media or anything, but um, this... Uh, you know, the Renaissance had this sort of lack of um, categorization where people were doing alchemy and science and religion and philosophy all at the same time, just as aspects of one thing. 
Um, and I'm seeing that every now and again. And I think Cloak is a good example of it, of this, like, let's pull, you know, let's pull esoteric studies and poetry and design together and philosophy and, like, see what we can use all of those to make. Totally. And that's, I, uh, I talked to John about this a bit from Inside the Castle because I helped there as well with uh, designing titles and doing a bit of editing. Um, and it's just kind of, uh, it's hard to describe what pulls the works together, but it's in a way that it, they all feel like cloak titles, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's not a lot of kind of direct similarities between Relentless and Police Lucifer, but they both feel at home under that like cloak banner in my eyes uh which is you know it's early for cloak it's been i think the first title that self-titled one came out in i want to say february um so it hasn't been a long time but there's still kind of a cohesion um that i feel between the works but they're definitely kind of all in some way unclassifiable yeah i i think so too so what what about so uh, so Danica and William, um, like, how do you see uh, your your pieces kind of interacting uh, in the cloak ecosystem with the other pieces that have been put out? Um, for mine, you know, like you know, like Mike said, it's really early on in in the in the you know time uh, of this whole thing, but. I see mine kind of fitting in and it's in the, it's sort of in the same way that you just said, we're, we're touching on these, these, these ideas that, you know, you're not gonna, these kind of themes, these um, themes that, that, that mix, you know, philosophy and sociology and politics and religion, and everything like lots of, lots of different places cover these things, but it's within this sort of ecosystem that Mike's created with this, that, we can kind of do that in a free way. Um, and yet, obviously I think Mike's connection kind of has this, it provides this sort of um, like this mesh that coats everything and uh, because of his design. Um, but also, you know, it, we're all kind of touching on similar themes in our own ways. Uh, and, and that's how I see Police Lucifer fitting into it. It's, um, you know, in, in certain ways, there's, you know, there may be, themes in my work that's touching the same things as in Danica's work or, you know, even, even with Logan's uh, uh, game, there's, there's some of the same concepts going on. They're just being put through completely different filters, but you know, that, that, that theme runs through it. And so there's a thread that's kind of, it kind of forms this web in my mind. And, um, you know, that's when, you know, when I got involved with cloak, it was sort of the the only release out at the time was the self-titled one. And then I think Logan's came out. And when I saw Logan's, I was like, this is perfect. And as I've seen the other pieces come out, I've, it, the, the picture has even come together more, even more cementing what Mike told me in the, you know, the initial conversation that we had about it. And uh, I, to- I absolutely see Police for in that mix. And I don't think that it's just like any random, you know, experimental piece can be thrown into this and it, and it works. Absolutely not. It, there's a cohesion that comes through these themes along with the visual aspect and you know the and the nature of the writing in some way that's how i see police loose for fitting into it 
Um, yeah, I totally agree um, with what William's saying about um, the design and then also like each piece, um, even though we're all very different um, creators, um, there is, um, we're each like bringing our own um, vision to this idea of surveillance um, and something being cloaked. Um, and I really um, love, Joe, what you were saying about alchemy, because I feel like all of these pieces are performing a kind of alchemy that's very tied to um, the deteriorating um, state of like the world that we live in. Um, and while the materials that we're using and approaching um, that sort of alchemy through, um, we're all taking this like some aspect of um, like living at the end, near the end mm -hmm. of times. And so instead of taking like lead and making it to gold, um, it, we're taking, you know, rectum, like something that's wrecked and transforming it um, through different mediums, like be it through demons um, or um, through the lens of like, um, just trying to like relentless is just like trying to find ways that we still like survive in this, like, while acknowledging like the waste. And so I feel like all of the pieces are doing um, something like that. Um, and like revealing things while also like in, in a way, like, wow, things like a, a mask is for hiding, but it also like reveals um, the true nature of things um, underneath. Like it allows a performance and a cloak does that too. Um, and so I feel like all of these pieces are doing that. Um, and then it really is all, um, even though the, all of the objects, um, physical and digital look different, um, they're all so thoughtfully um, approached by Mike and there is like, you know, so like Police Lucifer um, has completely different looking pages than the uh, Senya's demonology zines. Um, and it's because those are the pages that like need to be in this book. Um, and so like Mike's approach to design is like on, is tying things together too. Um, and it's hard to like describe without showing you the books, but it's like very, um, each piece has exactly um, the form that it needs. And that comes from like Mike's approach to it. Thank you. That's, it feels kind of funny because anytime anybody like asks me about Cloak, I want to do like a show and tell. Mm. Like I feel like a little kid in elementary school where I want to like run and grab the little pile of books and be like, oh, well, it's like this and show them because it feels like something that's hard to verbalize at the moment. Um, I am realizing, though, kind of thinking about Relentless and Police Lease for the other projects. And I think it's more maybe something related to my uh, subconscious, but there's a, a kind of through line of a lot of the projects are dealing with cruelty in some capacity which is maybe a byproduct or instigator for surveillance. But thinking of uh, certain lines from Relentless about like starving demons or about the kind of imagery that shows up in Police Lucifer, um, there, <laughs> there seems to be maybe a through line of uh, like cruelty or brutality that I, I've gotten fixated on without realizing until now. Oh, that's fascinating. 
yeah i i think i like i like the idea too that like the mask or the cloak can be part of a performance right like you think about a magician um and it's very much a a function you know the concealment is a function of of the reveal um but cruelty is an interesting thing too as you were saying that i just like clicked through a couple of the of uh a couple of the lines from Relentless because I just have it open, and um, there's something there's about also that. cruelty in the font choice. Yeah, well. some sometimes, man, <laughs> sometimes, and 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 the uh, the color choices as well sometimes too. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's like sticking in and sticking in my brain. Um, one of the things that I I bring up a lot to people is my I don't know just painful noticing uh, of the fact that so many of um, what somebody might call experimental writing or avant-garde is is generally very dark um, in content and while I don't see anything wrong with that I do oh, I, I tend to wonder um, why that tends to be um and and mike you sort of mentioned at the beginning there's you know at least some humor to um you know the the idea of of starting a press and and whatnot yeah and um and i like the well i kind of uh in that darkness i think that there's a certain amount of playfulness at least with a lot of this work um thinking of there's lines from relentless that are just deeply fun to me that'll come up um either because danica wrote a funny line or because the mad lib mm -hmm. program will like put together a line that i'm like what the fuck is that um <laughs> either as like gibberish or just just some like comedic mixture of uh words or um there the other day a friend sent me a screenshot after they had um bought a copy of police lucifer there's this kind of like triptych panel of images and the middle one is just these wide uh like xeroxed eyes and they sent me just a zoom in of that pair of eyes <laughs> so there's this way that i feel like you can find comedy in a lot of these projects um in like the self-titled release on the first page there's like these 3d stacked sentences that like say i have not abandoned my 2d roots in like this like insecure proclamation um, or there's like discussions of VR chat and retail work in, in Senya's book. Um, and so I think there's this way that a lot of experimental uh, writing is dark, uh, but I love seeing it where it is has that kind of darkness, but then there's these moments where you can just kind of like laugh or have fun. Uh, not a lack of like seriousness, but almost like a, the presence of this like alternative reading or this kind of parallel reading of just like the absurdity of something being dark you know yeah there's i i think the sometimes there's those moments like if you're in a haunted house and somebody pops out at you and instead of screaming you just kind of laugh um just like a big old ha as somebody's popping out at you in the dark um where the i don't know the tension just kind of like clicks into something else right where like i don't know if, if if you get into a bath that's way too cold it feels like it's hot for a second or vice versa 
Um, I think yeah, those... those... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, those things are not that far apart, right? Um, like the darkness and uh, the play or like joy or like, you know, we think of those as like binary things, but they're like really on a in a circle, you know, like they're a continuum um, or like hyenas laugh because they're uncomfortable. Like it's, these things are tied, you know, mm -hmm. um, but go ahead, William, what were you going to say? I, for, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And I think that there's, you know, we talk about how there is sort of this um, harshness kind of that, that comes with the territory, but I think that most everything in this kind of realm does have this comedy to it. And it, it may be dark or it may be misunderstood or not understood at all, but I think that we, this this is going to sound very cheesy, but I think that we kind of live in this world where we're constantly bashed in the face with um, new traumatic experiences, whether they're our own, they're societal. Uh, we, we have these this constantly. And so it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, one, I can choose to either completely have an emotional breakdown about everything I'm seeing right now, which has happened to myself uh, and probably everyone, or I can, you know, I can almost laugh at the absurdity of where humanity is right now, uh, where we've where we've gone with things. And I think that, you know, with my work with with police Lucifer, it is absolutely a mirror up against that absurdity. And I, when I, there was when, while writing it and while writing a lot of the material that I work on, I find humor in it, and I and I think that it's absurd that I find humor in it. And I also think that anyone, anyone who 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 reads this and 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 sort of puts finds that is embracing that absurdity as well. And I think that that kind of comes right in line with, um, you know, sort of sort of that 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 attack that we're under, and and you know, and the tra the trauma that we're we're all like dealing with. You know, I think the comedy is a part of that. Totally, and. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I, that's like, I think very much something I've been looking for in the cloak titles is that kind of that potential for the absurd to be revealed in a lot of recent work, uh, at least like of my own work within and outside of cloak. I've loved the idea of, uh, kind of almost like the, the creeping in of like mimetic content of this kind of like almost outright stupidity uh in line with like these very serious and thoughtful projects um i had been working on a piece recently uh that danica had very kindly read for me called stealth anxiety mega mix um, <laughs> where there's like these very kind of like either gruesome or um surreal or like horrific images and then there'll be like lines that are like about the father-son uppercut or like the erotics relationship between the hand and the cadaver and just these like almost completely idiotic scenes like emerging in a work that's like otherwise serious um and pulling that kind of um surreal or absurd um kind of approach that a lot of memes take and I've seen in uh, some of the architecture work I've read, as you saw in Goodreads, <laughs> uh, this idea of like the meme as a critical mode that I find really compelling um, as this way to circumnavigate uh, like decorum and like an academic kind of etiquette 
um, in order to approach the thing as it is. Hmm. Yeah. Stealth Anxiety Megamix is an awesome book. Um, and very, <laughs> I, I can't. Very I gotta read it. I've got to yeah. read it. I'm so excited about that. And you know, I, 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 I thought that um, you know, I think um, Logan's game Rectum was probably. I mean, the title alone is right. pretty pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, I think that you know when I saw that. You know, and, and even with the with the self titled cloak release, the first release, I I saw this play of you know even with the design with the color work, it, it it has it's not dark. I would say that you know you look at that and it's not dark. Some could say it's beautiful, and I think the same can be said with Rectum. It's it's got these bright colors, definitely with Danica's work, and it it sort of it it sort of I feel embraces that absurdity again because you're seeing these these images that are off for one they're, they're it's a little off maybe it's that uncanny valley sort of situation but it 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 makes you it gives you this uneasiness because the 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 lyrical themes may not match the the the, the images you're seeing or the way that the text is you know i made police lucifer I, I wanted it to look almost like uh like a punk zine or something mm-hmm. when the, the topics within are not at all like that it's it's very uh clinical and uh it's very like there's almost elements of science fiction and it's it's uh it's completely it's taking humanity and removing that it's removing like the the rawness but i wanted it to look raw so i guess there it's sort of again embracing that absurdity and that weird like the image we put up the facade we live with or or whatever right yeah i i like looking at the pictures of of police lucifer and having everything like in those boxes um kind of like segmented out from each other yeah and that's part of the reason the idea of like or the kind of framing of like the rogue transmission immediately came to mind is like these because within those boxes it'll be this uh relentless we could say uh like series of images one after another with each sentence like almost like montage like running through all these different scenes and like ideas but i love that like it's held together by that container very literally um and so it feels like each different transmission coming in um with the images as well a lot of those are kind of boxed um but it feels like you're like tuning the ham radio and you like hear this garbled voice saying something you're like what is that like what does that mean and you have to like keep trying to like kind of tune the knob until you can finally hear it full and that the 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 kind of garbage mess behind that is 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 there and you know when i sent mike the the, the pieces i was like there's all these like there's all this garbage like destroyed filtered text that means like nothing but then again it doesn't it it does mean things but it's more about a message and when mike kind of when, when he presented the the idea of the radio transmission i was like this is it like this is spot on exactly what i was going for because it, the, in the boxes it's it's not necessarily that oh this box is this person talking and this box is this person talking there's the, the idea of the character within the book is very vague at best i mean aside from kemper and yourself the reader whoever that may be um but it, it's, it's 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 like mike says it's it's these weird sort of kind of uh, clarified 
things that break through the, the just shit mess. You know, it comes through and, and you get a little bit of this. And that's, you know, that's what the imagery is too. It's, it's these kind of frequencies that you're getting lost in for a minute and before you find your, your footing again. And that when, when, when Mike told me the radio transmission thing, I was like, that's absolutely spot on what I'm, what I'm going for here. Did you guys ever go on to any of the websites that, that pull shortwave radio transmissions and just like filter around for a while? A little bit, yeah. I've done it yeah. a couple of times just out of like sheer curiosity. Uh, as if I was going to like find something. Right. Uh, <laughs> like it feels like going on the beach with a metal detector almost where it's like, I'm not going to really like, there's going to be no like treasure that I like come across. But there, like there's the idea that there might be like there's that like just looking for it is compelling. Right. Yeah. I like to do that every now and again too. And the site I use has a has like an IRC room and it's like you know there's like four messages in it a day and there's the one person who's like very serious about shortwave radio just as a medium and then it's a whole bunch of people that are like I heard some beeps is that the Russians <laughs> as if we were like in the 80s still yeah um wow I'm gonna um use that I like to listen to um like white noise sometimes when i write i'm gonna totally go find some shortwave transmissions and just listen to that i highly recommend it if if we know interesting as like an option for while you're working because i feel like i end up doing like really abrasive stuff or like a little bit more than white noise like rabbit ashley's like private lives Mm. yeah i like to do space sounds and um sometimes i listen to keith jarrett or um, Glenn Gould or something. To that point, William also has a uh, a playlist on his WordPress site um, that's on Spotify that people could find um, a Police Lucifer soundtrack. And I noticed that people are doing that too. I like the idea. Um, one of the things I think you mentioned it, Mike, when we like first ever talked that you like the type of music you listen to, and I like this idea of like letting in lots of sensory stuff while you're writing i like the idea i mean the radio transmission thing makes me think of it too that like like it just accidentally writing things down um oh i immediately attempt to overwhelm myself like anytime i work (laughs) it's uh like i'll play like youtube videos or movies or something in the background where there's like direct speech that will like get in the way of me thinking clearly um, but then when I edit, I'll kind of play something softer or nothing at all and like have a more clear head. But in the moment, I like the idea that I uh, just something can go through me. And then when I come back to visit, I'm like, I don't really feel like I wrote that. Um, like going back to any of the like books that I've had come out, it feels more like I'm just someone who knows the book well mm-hmm. rather than like the person who actually wrote it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the book just kind of coming out of you, right? I, I guess that's pretty in line with the whole, like, book as its own object, right? The Inside the Castle, ver- um, you know, line of, like, it's just an impossible thing in our world. Yeah. Um, um, I do like part of that with, uh, I think, I don't know if it's in that kind of blurb or if it it's something he said somewhere else. But I do like John's bit of um, like 
the the book is not an object with a kind of like lifted kind of importance like if you buy a book it's equally as valuable if you read it or it just sits on your table or if you use it as like a a paperweight or a door stopper um like i like the book as an object that does not need to necessarily be read but is just its value isn't existing at all yeah, I I think there's a large contingent of people on like Instagram who very much treat books that way. <laughs> um, That's so. If you just buy a cloak title and and flip through it and look at the pretty colors or pictures, and then close it, or if you just uh, spam click the the relentless on uh, on Danica's project, I feel like that that is equal value to me, like any kind of mode of engagement I'm interested in. Because uh, I feel like if you're you're going to talk about the kind of book object as this like alternative mode, um, then you have to be willing to see kind of alternative approaches as well. Uh, I don't think you can just say like, it's a, it's a different form of book, but you can treat it the same. Right. It seems like it's a kind of half-baked approach. Um, like I know uh william had two books that he had put out um he had sent me hell and then later on paradise but part of the fun of those books for me is because similar to please lucifer it's kind of onslaught of like rapidly shifting images part of the fun of that is like skimming and then seeing what you latch on to and so i think finding those kind of different modes of approaching the book even if it's only kind of a slightly different mode like that is is a very fun approach with these less conventional works i think there's like i think there that that you can you absolutely cannot approach a lot of this material with the the mindset of well i'm going to read this um i don't know john grisham book you know <laughs> this we're, we're talking about themes that are found in a lot of regular literature but uh we're, we're sort of at least in, in the way i'm i do what i do is I'm blasting it with chaos because i see chaos everywhere and uh again that goes back to the absurdity of everything i i think that you know and mike's not the only person that said that about about my work is that it's like sort of this sort of torrential uh you know onslaught of of imagery and 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 i want that to be the case and in a way when like when i write these things I, i'm like anybody who sits and reads this all the way through in one go is a maniac and i would never expect anyone to ever do that and that's the same way it's like well you know I, it's like it's like any other terrible thing in the that we see you know with the exception to maybe horror movies which you know you, you have to kind of go in and and, and and rock through it but you know, you don't, you, I want there to be sort of an almost an endurance to it. You know, you, you kind of do what you can and then you, you find your, you know, you find your way back to it eventually. I think that is sort of a necessary thing with my work. And um, I mean, I wrote a 500 page book. I quote unquote wrote a 500 page book because <laughs> I, that to me was comedy. I was like, why would I do this? Well, for one, it was really fun, but also just because it's utterly ridiculous. You know, I've self-published one book, and I'm now I'm going to do a 500-page book. That's 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 dumb, but to me that's hilarious. You know, and I and I like that, and I see that a lot. I saw that when I read Logan's book, the Crystal Lake book. That was 
to me, there was like a comedy to that, but it was also extremely dark and extremely disturbing, but it was beautiful in that way. And that's working with Logan um, is there's a certain kind of great comedy to it in the way that he gives design direction, um, like for rectum, which saying out loud to anybody is like a joke in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, being that it's, it's W R E C K D O M. Um, but you tell someone like, Oh, I, like I was working on this project called the rectum and they're like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? But Logan is really funny for design direction. Cause he'll, he'll send like a, like 2000 word email for something. And then also just be like, I want the vibe to be a uh, Gothic hyper pop is like what he said for, um, for rectum. And so that's why it's like these bright, like pink green, uh, like colors. Um, but with Crystal Lake, it was funny because the edits would be like, uh, can you add a hand that looks like it has come on it? Or like, just like <laughs> random kind of bits like in there. And there's this hand I found that like had shampoo pouring down it. And I kind of edited it <laughs> to look like that. But there's like a, and for that one, he sent me like an entire like Google fo or Google photo album. But there's this really fun element to doing design for these projects and like over the years, it started to feel more like I'm a designer who writes rather than a writer who designs just in that kind of importance is starting cropped cropping up as like a higher and higher priority in my work for me. But getting to work on other people's books is such a fun kind of thing in and of itself beyond kind of like specifically cloak in that you just get these wild kind of uh, directions or instructions. Uh, but Logan is really funny in that capacity. I'm working on his next book for Inside the Castle, Casket Flare, as well. Ooh. And some of the, the kind of like design direction for that is just incredibly funny. Uh, in even just small places, we'll be like, can you scribble my eyes out more in the author photo? <laughs> like, just all of these little kind of details. Or he'll send me, like, for Crystal Lake, he sent me this, like, BDSM mag that he had taken like scans of those from i want to say like the 70s and said like i like the vibe of this and that's like he'll he'll like overwhelm with options and he'll be like use any or none of this and so there's this kind of comedy that sometimes it's one sentence and sometimes it's uh like a massive heap huh i've, I've only interacted with him a couple of times but it's funny because it's just not been the uh, that's not been the interaction but i guess it's because i haven't interacted with him in an artistic capacity <laughs> and that's i think that because i've uh designed he has i think right now he has two books out between i think he has crystal lake and transmissions from Marteau. but mm -hmm. i've worked on kind of both of the full lengths he'll have out uh and then on rectum and then there's another project we've been talking about in kind of like the the semi-distant future and so we've built up enough rapport that he can say some in just wild vague thing to me and i'm like i think i get what you're you're saying and then i can go and try and put it together um and i think that's the kind of fun bit of design is when you build that rapport and you can try something wild or stupid without you know someone yelling at you uh and that's all the cloak kind of experiences so far have been really fun in that way that everyone's giving me a lot of freedom uh to just kind of go for it uh 
with both of these. Although uh, Police Lucifer is is mainly Williams' design that I kind of tweaked and updated for kind of his original was in five by eight and this one's four and a quarter by seven. So a lot of the design work I did was kind of more on that resize and um, and in design, you kind of get to see that two page spread versus in word. And so kind of working with that new kind of perspective. You did give it that kind of mic polish. You know, (laughs) it's, it's obviously like, I mean, it's funny when you sort of, when you start to get into a lot of these texts, you start to see things, you're like, but Mike did that, you know, and then, and then you find out, yes, he did. And it, that's cool too. And, and even in like, like the, like, uh, the font choices and stuff, I, you know, I, we're getting into, I'm getting into like little specifics, but again, wildly different styles and types of things. But it, but when Mike put his, his little spin on the design, it became even more so a cloak title. And uh, I think that's important. And like, you know, we talked about what what's the common thread. I think obviously Mike is a big part of that with his with his sort of nod in the in the direction of design. And uh, yeah, uh, I, he can say that I, 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 I've given him stuff I did, but but Mike definitely put that little little zip to it, you know. <laughs> I um I hope you'll take this as the compliment I mean it to be, but I um... Of Mike is like a Rick Rubin of book design. Like, <laughs> it just puts some magic in there. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's everyone's been very um, accommodating and kind of let me let me do what I want to do. And so it was it was great. Also, when I asked Danica if I could use all these ugly fonts, um, and she was like, "Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love it." And <laughs> like gave me the freedom to to make something purposefully kind of uh ugly and uh malicious in the design uh and so everyone's been really kind of great in that capacity everybody that i've worked with cloak who's already out and coming out in the future has been great um which i've been really lucky in that regard and there's kind of unrelated to this but it it's also allowed a certain kind of amount of spontaneity with the releases that I really enjoy because um, I feel like a lot of presses and I'm sure I might kind of fall victim to this in the future as things grow but a lot of presses um, work like years and years and years in advance Yeah. and I feel like being small and also the designer allows me to kind of work at whatever pace and kind of drop things out of nowhere in a really fun way um, and that's been kind of the, the method thus far is that I haven't really built up to any releases ahead of time. Um, and I've just been like, this is out now. Um, it's in the world. You can like, if it's digital, you can go to this link and engage with it. Or if it's a print, like you can get it here. And I, I've really enjoyed that kind of immediate spontaneous approach. Um, it feels a lot more fun than being on this like really long-term calendar of being like, okay, guys, next year, keep an eye out for this title. Um, I can be like, it's here, it's available. Check it out now. Yeah, I like that. I also appreciate Danica's statement that you're sort of like a a producer, like a music producer, somebody who... Yeah, it feels that way. I think that's a really accurate way to put it because it feels like I'm it's not necessarily like my work, but I'm I'm working on it and trying to get it to kind of the most honest or kind of it place that I can get it. Right. Um, 
especially I'm, because I'm with work like this yeah. especially because with work like this it's editing is the 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 definition of editing becomes different from from standard literature so like what does it mean to edit something that's you know the words are everywhere um and i appreciate that for cloak because i want more of that within the indie press world right like i i like the idea that john adjusts the kerning of every single letter on every single book that he touches i haven't Uh, gotten that far because that's (laughs) please please don't because that's bad for you but you know it's about mental health at the end of the day right right (laughs) i think john psyche can handle that better than i can at the moment uh but (laughs) yeah there's you know, there's still some um, ideas that I want to play with. I want someone to, I want to get a project at some point uh, that I can do as uh, like a Lisa Frank style design. Mm. If you remember her with like the, the really bright, like pink and yellow, like dolphins. Barkley green. Yeah, the dolphin. <laughs> like I would love to do that kind of like ugliness at some point. There, so there's a couple kind of design ideas that I'm waiting for the right project for, for Cloak. But it's been very fun to kind of like figure out the very individual approach for each. Because uh, I like the idea that I have some stamp on it, but I want to make sure that, you know, they don't all look the same. Um, letting them have that kind of distinct feel, kind of working around what the project demands rather than me being like, I really like this font. So everything's got to work around that. Uh, I really want to kind of accentuate that individuality within each. And then finally, as we approach an hour, I, the other thing I really appreciate about Cloak is that you've launched with a Patreon, and Cloak is, it says on the website, Cloak is funded exclusively through our Patreon with 100% of royalties being paid to authors and artists. Um, that might be self-explanatory, but explain like how that works and why you made that choice, um, yeah. because I so think it's fantastic. I- Thank you. I, I kind of did it with two full or for a couple of reasons. I, so I'm, I very much am into transparency. Um, I, I like the, which is funny considering the themes of the press, but <laughs> I, I don't really want to like hide anything on the financial or the business end. Like I want it to be all kind of readily available in that regard. Um, but, uh, for that kind of part of the reason I did it is that I think kind of like the the standard for a lot of the small presses that I really like is that they'll do like a 50-50 or 40-60 split with the author for the profit of the book. Uh, and that usually puts the book around like $15. Um, and so what I've done is I've just kind of done that, but removed the amount, the kind of 50% that I would get from it. And that allows me to bring the book down to like, eight to twelve dollars depending on the length and the materials and so i like that kind of method because it allows me to make the book a lot more affordable um because it's a lot easier to convince yourself to buy like a ten dollar book than a 15 or a 20 or 25 dollar book right uh and then also it still kind of supports the author as much as the other method would um and then the patreon creates like kind of a secondary clear channel um for people to support the press directly 
And so I like the idea that it's like, if you just want to support the author, you buy the book and it all goes to them. But if you also want to support the press and the Patreon acts as this kind of like clear method for doing that. And so I really like that kind of, it feels like the most um, like ethical approach that I can make uh, to kind of everyone uh, knowing where their money is going and everyone getting paid appropriately for their work. And so, and that extends to uh, like donations made to digital projects. All of that goes to authors as well in the same way that mm. profits for print releases would. And so, I, it, yeah, that payment method, although it's less financially kind of not viable, but financially lucrative for me, um, felt kind of like the ideal approach in my eyes. Yeah, I, I think it's more correct than than most presses do. Uh, Thank you. I, I also just find, I, I remember I tweeted back in like 2016 or something like back when I was submitting small pieces to presses thinking that that would help me get books published um that like why i'm this is mostly goes to literary magazines but like you tell me on your website that you can't pay me for my for my piece but you hope to someday but there's no patreon no kofi no paypal link like how are you hoping to do it like are we just manifesting and because if that's the case <laughs> yeah and that's yeah, that's what i like about the patreon is it, it's a kind of much more long-term plan for making the press sustainable or profitable or kind of whatever positive term there um but it it i like that transparency a lot of just saying like you know these are the avenues and this is the approach and i mean i'm using print on demand and so you know, I don't have to accommodate for a print run where I had, you know, a press will put in like several hundred or a thousand dollars to do a print run and then they have to be concerned about making that money back. And so with print on demand, I don't have to worry about having made some, you know, large financial investment. The The money can just go directly to the author. Uh, and it just, it ends up working out really cleanly. Right. Uh, thus far, at least. And then it allows you to put out work that you're passionate about putting out rather than having to worry about whether or not it's going to sell well. And uh, Exactly. Then, yeah. The main concern is just the art, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's as cheesy as that might sound. Um, the work itself is really the only bit that I care about. Right. So I'd, I'd like to uh, some get some some final thoughts from everybody starting with let's start with William what based on what we've talked about or maybe something we haven't talked about what's something you want to leave everybody with who's listening to this as they move forward into the world I think you know as I've sort of started going in this direction with more obscure literature um, it has started to, it's, it's really filled a void. Um, you know, I, I grew up list, uh, reading, you know, a lot of regular books, a lot of, um, you know, I had my favorite novels and everything, but there is so much more, uh, out there and there's so much more, uh, it just, it, it, books can, and can affect you in a completely different way when they move beyond just words. 
And um, I love that about about this kind of work. And and Cloak's obviously doing like wonderful things with that, not just in a literary form, but you know, in working in digital means and everything. And you know, before I ever talked to Mike about putting out something. I immediately got involved with the Patreon because I was like, this is, this is the direction that I think is great. And uh, I like that surprise factor. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to come up next. I don't know what's going to be the next thing. And I love that. I love that. You know, I'm sort of, I've sort of have the subscription to this thing that's, that's curated by Mike and it has, you know, uh, a good mind behind it. Uh, you know, a, a direction that is something that I completely support. I completely am fascinated with. And, um, you know, I just, I, I hope more people can, can, can find this because it, it's, it's so good. And, and the themes for me, the themes are so, so potent and they're so, they're, they're so important right now. And you get them in this sort of quality that's, you know, it, we're all sort of informed by different forms of media and different forms of entertainment. And I don't know, I'm just really super happy to be a part of it and I love it. And I want people to, uh, to absorb it because it's 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 fucking amazing you know it's a great great way to uh to uh get get into you know into your head and into the heads of other people danica yeah um i say something similar like um this week was a it was a terrible week um for a lot of people i think um and i jumped on like a zoom reading um on Thursday at night, I didn't really feel like it, but I did, but it was a poetry reading um, for uh, Ben Nizpajani's um, book release for Pickpocket the Big Top, which is um, a chapbook that's like, he wrote while watching um, movies, like old movies about the circus. Um, and I'm super pumped to get it, like I ordered it. Um, but just like watching these people read like these poets, um, and some of them were writing short stories too, um, just like read and interact and like encourage each other um, and share their work. It was just like the only good thing that happened to me this week. Um, it was like this bright spot and there's this like sense of community that I really appreciate, um, especially within like the small press world. Um, and we're all creating like these um, objects with our minds and it's like, this sort of like ultimate um, act of sharing and community and like love. And it's like the best thing that we do amid like all of the darkness and the awful that happens. Um, and I'm just like honored to be a part of like what Mike's building um, and the kind of space that he's creating with Cloak. Um, so I just hope that people will um, be a part of that um, and enjoy it. And I'm just like looking forward to what comes out in the future as well and it is totally fun like i am on the patreon too it's so fun to like get um each new like print release in the mail it's just like um it's such a nice surprise so um thanks to mike and i'm looking forward to more things in the future and mike you finally last words I on mean, the podcast today this has been great i feel like i've just been getting complimented for an hour <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm really proud and thankful for what's going on with Cloak. Um, like I said, all the authors have been incredible to work with. Um, I definitely recommend checking out Danica's work, Relentless, and just in general, her book Pilot is fantastic. 
um, she read from it uh, back in, I want I think Danica said October is when that book festival and event were. Um, yeah. And her work's fantastic. And William's work is fantastic as well with uh, with Hell and Paradise. And he has a bunch of really cool kind of digital zines that he's been putting out recently. Uh, and Police Lucifer is, is a bop. Uh, and so I definitely recommend checking out both of their work um, and going through the Cloak uh, kind of catalog. It's all really great authors, uh, both within, you know, what we've released through Cloak itself and uh, what they've done on their own. Uh, and there's a lot more fun stuff to come. Uh, and I would love an author to send me a submission that I can turn into a, a Lisa Frank nightmare. <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll end on that that demand slash uh, request. But this has been a lot of fun.